Welcome to the Life Change Podcast. Panhandle Weight Loss Center is a unique surgical practice focused on changing lives. Our approach moves away from the singular goal of weight loss and encompasses one of overall health and wellness. This podcast explores a variety of topics inside the realm of health and wellness, including nutrition, fitness, lifestyle issues, and even surgery. The goal of this program is to inspire listeners to take a critical review of your life as we guide you towards a paradigm that translates to life change. Hey guys, this is Dr. Bo, and we have Chelsea Nelson, RD, here right. with us today. Hello, hello. Uh, otherwise known as the person that finds foods that you guys are eating and criticizes them. We hope <laughs> yes. y'all are taking listen, that well. Please listen to my last one. I listened to it on the way to work this morning, actually. Even though I recorded it, I listened to it. Do you like hearing yourself, your voice? Nope, not at all. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. My wife uh, tortured me driving to the mountains the other day by making me listen to podcasts that I had recorded. And <laughs> it may be one of the more awkward... Yeah. Things ever. Well, does your voice sound different to you in your head than it does when it's recorded? Because mine does. Uh, my voice sounds different, and um, I always realize I'm way too close to the mic oh. when I'm listening to myself. Just so scooting back a little today. I'm further back here today. <laughs> okay. So hopefully that sounds better when I listen to it. Um, today, we were going to talk about cardio. Cardio. And I think throughout the years of health and wellness, um, that's one thing that gets kind of driven into people's brains you know, I need, I need to do some cardio Yep. or that exercise. That's aerobic exercise. Thanks, Dr. Cooper. Um, <laughs> and for, for inventing aerobic exercise. So kind of briefly, Chelsea, walk us through what cardio is. So cardio is basically, I guess you're, the technical definition would be something that gets your heart rate up. Yeah. Um, but what we would think of as cardio is something that is like walking, uh, biking, um, not putting a whole lot of pressure on anything. So, um, gosh, there's a lot. I mean, swimming would technically be yeah, elliptical, elliptical treadmill, treadmill, stair climbers. I have stair climbers. We'll 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 explain that one off the list. <laughs> but I'm just going to the gym, or I'm just exercising to get my heart rate up. That's right. Okay. Well, what are your thoughts? So it's necessary, right? Because you want your heart to be healthy, and that is part of it. You gotta you gotta exercise it. You gotta get the heart rate up. You gotta get that recovery aspect of it, you know, got to get the heart rate down quicker. Um, but I think the thing that is kind of not talked about is like, you shouldn't really only do cardio um, and kind of what damage that could potentially do, you know, to your long-term success with uh, your metabolism, weight loss. I mean, whatever your efforts are there. Yeah. Kind of the two things that I've always thought about and yeah, I started thinking about this from Mark Sisson at Mark's Daily Apple. We're, mm -hmm. we're still looking for sponsors, so hopefully he hears this. <laughs> um, I mean, he calls it chronic cardio. Uh, yeah. And what are the detriments of chronic cardio? Um, he was a marathon runner, uh, long-distance runner, and the kind of the two things that took him away from cardio were, number one, the detriment it has on your body long-term, mm -hmm. um, the damage it does to the joints, to... And then the second thing is how your body adapts to cardio. Right. Um, so we can kind of dive off, dive off in those two. Oh, and then the third thing would be if you only focus on cardio and you're not focused, if you don't have any resistance training or muscle building type of stuff going on, what is that doing to your metabolism, your glucose sink, your ability to tolerate, mm -hmm. you know, your diet? For sure. Um, so those are the three things I think about with cardio. Which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, first one. First one. What was it? 
you're going to have to do that. Um, Stress on joints. Yeah. Uh, So just the physical toll that it takes on your body. Yeah. So, you know, so people that, you know, I'm a runner. I identify as a runner Mm -hmm. and everybody has a friend, right? Or a friend of a friend that runs marathons, 5Ks, um, you know, ultra marathons. So those are, those are the weird guys. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. The nuts. yeah, sorry about the beeping noise there. Um, the you know if that's going to be my gig long term, uh, that's the way I'm going to stay healthy. That works until you get an injury, uh, or it works until you know. I mean, I've known 38 year old you know women marathon runners that have knee replacements. Absolutely. Um, oh yeah. And so the I think the challenge there is like yeah I was running but I was not doing any muscle building to protect mm-hmm. those joints. Um, so, you know, that's, that's one thing is what if, I think this specifically applies to running. Um, I don't know, I don't know if this applies to walking Walking. and swimming, (laughs) uh, but you know, if, if, if you're, you know, if my get fit plan is to run Mm -hmm. there, you know, you do have to kind of check your goals at the door and what am I doing? Well, um, you know, like the couch to 5K, that's a really big thing. Like whenever you're starting this kind of journey of, okay, I'm going to get healthier. It's like, I feel like everybody goes to the couch to 5K programs, maybe because there's, you know, a hundred apps or plans or whatever, you know, it tells you exactly what to do. Here's how we're going to build you up to running a 5K. <laughs> it's like, why, I don't know. Why would you do that though? Why would that be your first thing? I'm, yeah. just, I'm also not a runner. So disclaimer there. Me too. We we probably should have a runner <laughs> on this should. podcast. Yeah, we yeah. should have. But um, yeah. So I uh, so I ran a marathon in medical school. I actually trained for for a full marathon. You know, like six month training. My last you know three or four runs were nineteen plus miles. And the day of the race, it was in Houston. Mm-hmm. It was like eight degrees. <laughs> Like and, and my buddy and I, who had been training to do this marathon, we kind of looked at each other and said, I do not feel like running <laughs> 26.2 miles nice. today. And so we refiled for the half marathon. Okay. And so we ran the half marathon. I was under six minute miles for the whole half marathon. Uh-huh. And I felt great. And I got done, done and realized how stupid I was for not running the full marathon <laughs> because I had trained for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're running eight degrees really isn't that big a deal. Sure. Um, they may have been. I, I, it's been so long ago, I've forgotten. <laughs> Push it out of your uh, But I think as soon as I cross that finish line, I have never run more than one mile <laughs> ever again. <laughs> uh, because I just remember how boring it was to to yeah. run those long, you know, those long runs as you're building up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and, and all that. It also, you know, how how many how many times during that six months I had to pop ibuprofen and really you know, had some pain and tightness issues. So nurse and injury. Yeah. I mean, so so number one, you know, take care of your body. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, if if running is going to be your gig, you've got to be into recovery. You've got to be into paying attention to your body. Um, I think the bigger issue is number two, how your body adapts Mm -hmm. to running. Right. For sure. So you and I don't run right now. (laughs) Nope. If I was to go run one mile right now, and it wouldn't be much of a pace, but yeah, <laughs> I, I'd make it. I sure. could make it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my heart rate would be probably 140, 150. Okay. What would yours be? Mine you would think? be higher. Mine higher. would probably be like 170, 180. Okay. So in that situation, both. 170. I don't yeah. know about 180. Yeah. Maybe we'll test it. No. <laughs> Live action I just run testing. For, for clarification, I only run after my children. You yes. know, like save them from the street or yeah. something one, I'm, like I'm that. I'm at 130 if I do that. <laughs> 
So just looking at how your body uh, uses fuel. So if I go run a mile right now, my heart rate's going to be 140, 150. That will be in what we call the anaerobic zone. Mm -hmm. So what that means is my heart rate's too high. My muscles are not getting enough oxygen in order to burn fuel. Right. Uh, so I'm anaerobically exercising, mm-hmm. uh, which is important to do some anaerobic exercise. Yeah. And but, that's a fancy term, by the way, just for no oxygen. Yeah. Ana- yeah. Just anaerobic. Lack of, lack of oxygen. Now, what people have to realize is uh, you do not burn fat in that situation. Mm-hmm. You are totally glucose dependent right. uh, in the Krebs cycle. Uh, nobody researched that because I may be wrong, <laughs> but you're you're having to use lack. You're building up lactate. You're having mm-hmm. to use not. You can't use fat. You can't Correct. use triglycerides. You can't use fatty acids because oxygen is required for that. Oxygen is required to make yep. that happen. Right. So, uh, if I do that for more than in, in my situation right now, if I do that for more than 15 minutes, I am going to literally pass out mm-hmm. and get wobbly need and not make it home. Yep. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but. You know, it's important to get into that zone on occasion because you can raise the you can raise that heart rate tolerance mm-hmm. um, and get it to a point where you can exercise at that capacity and burn fat. That right. takes years of, of training. Yeah, that's Lance Armstrong, right? Yeah, and it's not just the exercise too; it's also your diet that you kind of have to pair in with that. Because you know what you'll see in a lot of marathon runners who are maybe not super professional, you know, just kind of a hobby. You'll see, you know, they might have that heart rate adaptation, but they've also adapted their diet. So they're doing like the uh, the glucose gels or something yeah, while they're frog running. Frog gel, yeah. So they're, they're actually even still not burning. Yeah, and they have to put a lot of science and work into timing of those mm-hmm. things because if, mm-hmm. if you eat them too early, your body doesn't use them. If you eat them too late, you're laying on the street somewhere. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of science that goes into anaerobic. Yeah. Uh, so then, all right, couch to 5K. I'm going to keep doing that. And eventually, I'm going to get to where when I'm running, I'm in in an aerobic situation. Mm -hmm. So now, say I've been running for six months on my couch to 5K. When I run that 5K, my heart rate, it gets to 120. I'm burning fat. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, high five. I love the 5K. I'm going to keep running. Well, next thing you know, your heart rate doesn't go above above 90. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So now you have some options here. You need to run harder <laughs> or further, right? Right, And I, I kind of equate this to calorie counting, right? If I suppress my calories, my body will adapt yeah. mm-hmm. and it, it'll only burn when I'm giving it. And then I, then I have the choice of, do I eat less calories? Right. You know, or do I actually f- like fix the problem like yeah. at the baseline? Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. That's a good analogy. I never thought about that. Yeah. So, you know, when you, the, the problem, it, if you're going to do cardio for your main uh, source of uh, fitness, you've got to realize your body adapts. You've mm-hmm. got to you've got to adjust your workouts based off your goals. If your goal right. is burning fat, you've got to pay attention to heart rate. You've got to make sure you're getting into that burn zone. You got right. to make sure you're not going past the burn zone into the anaerobic zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the big fancy term for that is metabolic threshold. Yep. Like when does my body switch fueling? And, and, you know, high-tuned athletes, they know all this. I mean, you got your VO2 max, you got your metabolic mm-hmm. threshold measured. We did buy a device here that we never use <laughs> called the Panoe uh, that would specifically give you those numbers. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this at this heart rate, at this time period, you will convert to anaerobic 
metabolism mm-hmm. and you've got 15 minutes or you're going to, they call it bonking, uh, and you need to refuel, gotcha. right? Yep. Or you're going to run out of energy because mm-hmm. you can't access your stored fat at that and heart your, rate. your glucose will burn quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, and, you know, Frontera, who does our cardiac clearances, yeah. their reports technically have a VO2 max on them. However, they don't – to get a true VO2 max, you've got to exercise to 100% capacity. Like, you've got to go literally all out. Right. And usually they only make you go to about sign 85%. Sign me up. I'm just kidding. Don't you, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> they'll let you do it. John's done it. Our uh, our marathoner. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. So yeah. he's done, the like, the VO2 max test because – Obviously, he wanted to know that for his marathon running. Man, complete fail on our part. We have a marathon runner in the clinic, and we didn't invite him. He wasn't here today, to be fair. Yeah. Otherwise, we would have pulled him in. Yeah, probably getting a new tattoo. Probably. (laughs) On his arm. On his arm. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Also, well, he may be offended that I said marathon runner. I think he's like an Iron Man. Yeah, he's an Iron Man guy. So, John, if you're listening, sorry, Iron Man. Yeah, I don't swim. I don't just run. I swim and bike. I swim and bike. I do it all. But Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it'd be it'd have been interesting to see what his plan because okay, I know he's very uh, cardio driven, mm-hmm. but does he incorporate any muscle training uh, things of that nature? Yeah. Um, so the third issue I have with only doing cardio is uh, is muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are you what are your thoughts there? Oh, God, I mean, so many. So the first thing, like when we go back to talking about the body, like if you don't have the muscle mass to support all of that cardio, that's where you get the injuries. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's part of it, too. Um, But then whenever we're talking about, you know, metabolism and being able to go for longer on your storage, I mean, whatever it is, whether it's glucose or fat, that usually, I mean, it comes down to muscle, you know, like how much muscle mass do you have? So uh, I think it's just something we forget because that seems to be something that's a little bit harder for people to do is the weight training or muscle building of some kind. Because I think it sounds, people make it intimidating, right? right? I don't have Mm -hmm. an hour to go to the gym. Those, I don't know what to do with those weight machines. Mm -hmm. That guy on steroids in the corner is intimidating me. (laughs) He's looking at me weird. He intimidates me too. So, (laughs) and he grunts way too loud when he bench (laughs) presses. Uh, but I don't think you need to make it that intimidating. I mean, simple body weight stuff at home, air squats, push ups, wall. I mean, and, and adapt it from there if you can't do a push up or mm-hmm. a full squat right now. Yeah. Lunges, uh, uh, resistance bands. Yep. Uh, so, two things I think there. Number one, well, I guess there's probably a, a number one, D and you know, Z. <laughs> right. Um, so a couple things. Number one, uh, the 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 amount of muscle mass, right? A lot of patients we see are under muscled, yeah, right for mm-hmm. their frame. For sure. So before you go diving off into a cardio plan, you know, are you at the appropriate muscle mass to support that activity, and what do I need to do to get there? Right, protein intake, goals, timing, things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, the the when it comes to because you you mentioned metabolism. Uh, so the, how I think about this is when I eat, if there's excess glucose, there's two places that the body primarily wants to put it. It wants to put it in the liver. It wants to put it in muscle. Right. 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 Um, so obviously the more muscle I have, the more glucose I can store up in there. Right. right? For sure. So if I go run, because as I said, if I get anaerobic, if my heart rate gets too high, I'm dependent on how much glucose is in the muscle in the liver. As far as how long you can go. Once that's gone, (laughs) I'm done, right? right? Definitely. So I can, 
and this reason, you know, well-trained athletes that run marathons, they pay attention to muscle mass, they take, pay attention to their weight, they pay attention to their liver capacity, and then they know when they need to refuel, right? Because it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think even like well-tuned athletes, you can only get about 45 to 50 minutes of activity in the anaerobic zone unless you're born in Ethiopia, <laughs> but shout out to my daughter. She was yeah. born in Ethiopia. Um, they, and they have genetics that allow them to tolerate lactate levels and it doesn't bother yeah, them. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so that's the reason marathon runners come from that area because mm-hmm. they just have different genetics. Uh, off track. I forgot where it was. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so a. not doing muscle work, resistance training, muscle building, uh, bulking for the – you know, the, the, the dudes, uh, you are limiting your fueling capacity. Uh, but also when you're not running and you're eating, right. Uh, how is my body going to deal with this food that I'm eating? If I don't have adequate muscle muscle. capacity to store. So, I mean, that's where you get diabetic, right? Or, and or fatty liver. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it it goes to liver the other place and then, and then you're diabetic as well. And yeah, the first time I experimented with fasting, I was going to do a a three day, 72 hour fast. And I'd read about these depletion fast where, uh, the first day of my fast, I go into the anaerobic zone Mm -hmm. and I work out until you're just about to pass out. (laughs) Call it quits before that. Uh Uh-huh. So now I'm fasted and I have, I have nothing stored. No I have nothing in my liver. I have nothing in my muscle when it comes mm-hmm. to energy. All I have in my body is per- peripheral body fat. So what does it force the body to use during that fast? I mean, it pushes it straight to using fat. I don't encourage any, anybody <laughs> to do that. Uh, <laughs> did uh, it work? <laughs> y- oh, yeah, it did. Okay. Uh, the first day was pretty miserable. I mean, sure. low energy. I mean, but you're kind of pushing your body into that conversion, that mm-hmm. metabolic flexibility. If anybody hears this and thinks they want to do that, probably come talk to us first. Yeah. That's something you need to be guided on. For sure. Um, and I don't know where it's going with that story, but huh. that's my thoughts on anaerobic. Yeah, no, and you're exactly right. I mean, that's what happens. You you don't have the storage capacity, so it's it's going to go somewhere else if you're eating it. So, you know, kind of the caveat there, I think maybe that some people would think is like, okay, well, maybe I'm under-muscled, but maybe I just completely avoid, avoid carbs. So then, like, what would you say to that? Uh, well, so you do need uh, – well, that's a de- actually a big debate on <laughs> whether you can build muscle without, without carbs, carbs or not. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And – just looking at the science of it, I don't understand why you would need carbs to make muscle. Sure. I think what you're doing is trying to convince your body you're not in a starvation so it doesn't go to breaking down muscle to, to give mm-hmm. to give energy to the – I forget that cycle. You should know that one. Uh, no. Yeah. I'm Pro- like protein, 12 years Protein to glucose, school. yeah. <laughs> None uh, of my patients care about the cycle. <laughs> yeah. Gluconeogenesis, I forget the cycle it goes through. Um so, you know, there, I think there's a big debate in the health and wellness world on whether you can build muscle while in keto or mm-hmm. lack of carbs. I can say personally, uh, I can, I build muscle without, without carbs. Without carbs. Uh, I, you know, I'm not at zero, but I'm not yeah. at, I'm not a hundred. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look, if you go to the, some of these gyms and nutritional places around town, oh, yeah. they're telling these patients to eat 500 grams of carbs a day, mm-hmm. 6 million grams of protein yeah. and do a 10 minute workout. You know, it's. Um, yeah. And I, I think there may be some wisdom in that if you're a muscle builder, like you're a bodybuilder and you want to show off muscles, 
yes, you can manipulate how your body stores carbs in your muscles to look bulkier. Right. <laughs> uh, every Olympian out there, Mr. Olympia, has used insulin mm-hmm. to overload their muscle with uh, with carbs, glucose, with yeah. glucose yeah. to get to get that big bulky look. Yeah. So the couple days before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, what were we talking? I mean, I, I'm very distracted. Today. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that was my fault. Uh, no, so just uh, you had said basically the benefits of having that extra muscle. Uh, oh yeah. So number one, you've got another place to store it. Yeah, so I, that's the muscle sink. I, I forget, what, there's a couple of books that talked about kind of the, the bucket philosophy of weight gain, right? So my bucket, meaning what's my liver capacity, what's my muscle capacity, and then once I fill that bucket up, it all it goes, goes to, to fat, fat. Mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, so the bigger bucket I have, the more buffer I have, the less that my my diet hurts me, right? right? So if I'm on a weight loss mission, it would make sense that my muscle capacity would have mm-hmm. a big difference in how my body responds to the foods that I do eat. Right. So you were you mentioned, oh, I'll lose weight, I'll just eat less carbs. Right. Right. Um, so a few thoughts there. How many people that are on that, I'm just going to eat less, mm-hmm. how many people are doing enough activity in the day to deplete their muscle and liver of that? That's where I was going with that fasting uh, oh, thing I was talking about. Yes. Back to yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, how many people are active enough in a day to deplete their muscle, completely deplete their muscle and muscles of their glucose store, right? Very few. Right. I mean, I mean not that I see anyways. I mean, I may be hitting that two to three times a week, not every day, <laughs> right. maybe, you know. Right. I, I mean, I'm not doing 45-minute CrossFit workouts anymore. I probably scratch that. I was in the anaerobics. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to get into that. But, you know, there's... Just looking at the science behind how your body converts energy uh, usage, what it uses for energy, what does it use for fuel, when does my body convert, and realizing that stuff all adjusts as you work out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the thresholds move basically yeah. and get so, better. Because we'll see it. You know, our patients come in. I started walking. Boom. Instant results. Yep. 10 pounds. Three months in, no results. That's right. Right. It's, yep. it's because now their heart rate doesn't get up as high. Mm-hmm. They're not putting as much effort into it. It's gotten easier. So then where do I go from there? Well, I need to walk faster or longer. I need to walk longer. Uh, mm-hmm. So you, you do have to, if you're trying to, if you're in maintenance phase, that's different. You know, I'm, Absolutely. I'm happy where I'm at. I just want to go on a two mile nature walk and do some deep breathing and look at the birds and wave with the neighbors. That's right. And let the wind blow my hair back mm-hmm. here in the panhandle. <laughs> the wind blow you off the trail. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, and that, that is completely different. You're right. We should mention that N- maintenance is different. Uh, but also, you know, with, with those adaptations, that's why if you ever come to me and you're like, Hey, I'm stuck. Um, the first thing I'll usually ask you to do is change your exercise. Yeah. Change, every, change everything. Right. Yeah. I mean, but exercise is typically the easiest to change. Food's yeah. a little harder. People are a little more attached yeah. to the food than yeah. their exercise. So the, I think the other thing we're not talking about uh, which is a big deal, and I, I just kind of avoid talking about it because I don't really know all the sciencey words to go with it. But it's just the hormonal change that comes from lifting heavy weights, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Um, and you know, your body responds. I mean, some of the some of the things the, that are in the talking points of people that talk about this stuff is like mTOR, uh, 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 ILP, G, uh, GIP, mm-hmm. uh, uh, GP. GIP-1, like all these hormonal responses that come from actually stressing your body mm-hmm. that are adaptive. They they, yep. they are beneficial. And looking at the fact that people 
aren't active and they don't get those hormone responses. I mean, how many people do we see with low testosterone? Lots. Right? Right. Well, are you, I mean, this is a Jordan Peterson. Are you lifting heavy things? Are right. you doing man things? Because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. if you want man testosterone, you need to do man, <laughs> man. things. Yeah. Even you know? women. Yeah. It, well, it's important for, for women to have testosterone, right? Yeah. Um, and then the the other aspect of muscle and cardio and not doing any weight training is, I mean, what is the most, the two biggest uh, physical limitations of the patients we see? I mean, their size, I would say. Well, outside of size, like like physical. So what I'm alluding to is joint and back pain. Oh, yeah, like right? knees, back. I mean, a lot of them are even waiting for a knee replacement. Yeah. You know, I mean, something like that. And absolutely. nobody's talked to these people about stability muscles. Mm-hmm. How do you stabilize a joint? How do you decrease pain? How do you right. decrease low back pain? A lot of that's muscle building or mm-hmm. or at least stressing the muscle sure. to uh, in, you know inflict a, 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 an adaptive response from that overloaded joint that's having problems yeah right and most people don't do that because hey I go do this and it hurts mm-hmm. all right well obviously don't do that that's four <laughs> years of medical school I can give you that that philosophy if it hurts don't do it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but what should I be doing right to provide stability to that that knee that hip? Why do I have low back pain? Why do I have neck pain when it's all loading and and muscular problems usually? I'm sure any chiropractor or physical therapist listening to me is going to say, yay, he said it. (laughs) uh, And most surgeons can be like, no, No, just come see me. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you just need a new one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's my, you know, this is probably a can of worms, but, you know, when patients come in and say, well, the the doc told me my, my knees are bone on bone. Right. I mean, no. Yeah, I mean, they're, they are bone on bone. I mean, that's, that's the way God created it. Yeah, that's Yeah, <laughs> uh, and there's some cushion there that sure. you should worry about, and there's some fluid that should be between those joints, mm-hmm. you know, like the tin man and his oil can. Yep. Um, but is that a physical joint issue or is it a nutritional and lack of muscular stability issue, mm-hmm. right? But nobody ever talks about that. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, let's get that thing replaced, then send you to the physical therapist. That's right, or then send you for injections for, I don't know, whatever. Yeah fluid in your knee or yeah. whatever it is. Okay. Have we well, beat up? No, we uh, haven't covered it Okay. All, all right, let's go. Okay, Jump in there. La- so the stress, I think, that like chronic cardio puts on your body too oh, is yeah. a really yeah. big one. You know, you've got like women in particular, I think are super prone to this, but you know, it's like, okay, I walk, um, I jog, I do the elliptical, um, whatever it is. And you, that's all you ever do. And it puts a lot of stress on your body because you're going through those phases where you're, you're, you know, depleting things, but you're never moving to your fat. So your body's having to kind of scramble to find a source of energy. And then it's, and then it's like your metabolism is stressed and you think I need to eat more. So you end up eating more, even though you didn't really actually need it. I I mean, it's just like this big cycle that you kind of get into. And then you can get to the point where basically your body is so overstressed with exercise, nothing you're doing is productive. Right. No, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that is a a big deal. I've, I've seen, you know, quite a few people come in that are, um, you know, I, I'm running, I'm, I'm in the gym twice a week, I'm doing the Peloton at home, mm-hmm. and I'm not losing weight, and I'm tired, and I hurt. Yep. Okay. And so you and check la- yeah, you check labs on those people, and, like, everything's out of whack. Mm-hmm. Their, their cortisol levels are either way too high or non-existent, so they're either stressing themselves way too much, or they've already stressed themselves too much and, and now they're work. now it doesn't work <laughs> yeah. uh and their their a1c their glucose numbers are up their body's not processing 
So I think in people that do run, that do push the limits, you've got to allow for recovery. Mm-hmm. And those yeah. people that stack cardio workouts uh, back to back to back to back, I mean, you're going to see that burnout happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, Mark Sisson talks a lot about that in his kind of stre- in his m- m- uh, movement to stress against chronic cardio. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And kind of what he teaches and kind of what we try to follow here, too, is you got to have that balance. You know, there's yeah, incorporate cardio, but incorporate heavy lifting, Um, incorporate like mobility or uh, stretching type exercise like yoga or Pilates or something like that. And then the fun stuff like going outside and playing baseball with your kids or hiking yeah. in the canyon or, you know, something like yeah, that. Play. Like, play. He emphasizes play. There you go. That's the word. Yeah. Play. <laughs> uh, so I, when I first started following him, I really stuck st- pretty strict to the, 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 the two strength workouts a week. Mm-hmm. And then the one uh, play, yoga, stretch. Mm-hmm. And then the every 10 to 14 days sprint workout. And that was the best I ever felt. I'm not going to say I'm there right now. <laughs> uh, recently, I was there with with Alan, my workout partner. Uh, before winter hit, we were doing two strength, one stretch, and then every 10 to, 40, 10 to 14 days doing a sprint workout. Yep. He's way too fast. I can't keep up with him. That's probably <laughs> beneficial for me. I don't know about him. You got to get him on the treadmill so you yeah. guys can keep up. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm winning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right next to you, bud. Um, but in, in the way he designed that, it's really playing into the hormonal responses to workouts. Sure. Uh, if you look, you know, if you look, at, and I know like some of these terms are, are just very debatable, but like the mTOR response, that that uh, um, uh, meta, uh, anabolic versus Ca- for, catabolic, yeah, catabolic versus anabolic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My body's building or my body's breaking down, yep. right? right? And how you your workouts and what you do have a lot of effect on how all those enzymes and epigenetics and all that stuff is responding. Mm-hmm. So you've got to kind of contour that for your best fit, basically. Sure. Right. And the, I think the way he's explaining it fits 90% of the people, right? Maybe not everybody, but yeah. the majority of people. And if not, I mean, a tweak in it could probably fit, you know, 99.9% of people. Yeah. What is your recommendation? Like people people come in and say, well, I want to do some strength training. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you What do you start? So – I actually typically recommend people start with water exercise, um, mostly because it preserves those joints pretty, I mean, very well. You're not going to have like, uh, you're not going to blow your knee out getting in the water. And it's cardio and it's resistance. And But if, if water's not an option, resistance bands is almost always my go-to, primarily because I think one of the reasons why people feel resistance exercise is not as attainable is because it's not something they feel is as... Um, like mobile, they can't take it everywhere, but resistance bands, I mean, you can literally take that anywhere with you. Mm -hmm. So that's usually what I say, resistance bands. Yeah. Uh, uh, Our eighth anniversary, I packed up all my resistance bands and took them to Hawaii with me. It's probably the dorkiest thing I've ever done, but (laughs) I did it and I worked out every day. Did you actually use them though? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, not on the beach. Uh, We were actually in kind of the rainforest area, which was awesome. When we were on the beach so we went up in Kauai for three days and there was I was still doing CrossFit at the time and CrossFit Poipu uh I made two I made two friends there that I still that was seven years ago and I made I met a couple there and my wife and I ended up keeping keeping track of them long term they just had a baby they moved to Kauai they're they were 
PAs and they were there on vacation the same time we were and they were like, We're quitting our jobs, we're moving we're staying here. Staying here. Yeah. Are they PAs in Hawaii now? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there they they made it work. Yeah. <laughs> Living the dream. Um but anyway, so sometimes you work on vacation, you make some lifelong friends. That's right. Hey, there yeah. you go. Um so I, I guess what I was gonna get to with <laughs> workouts, uh yeah, I'd say there's two options. Uh how are you are you good at taking instruction? Go get a trainer. For sure. Go get a trainer. Yeah. Let them craft a workout for you and pick your trainer wisely. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and also have a conversation with that trainer up front about your goals. Yeah. If they do not ask your goals, immediately walk out mm-hmm. of the gym mm-hmm. yeah, because they're not for you. Yeah. And yeah. and I mean, this kind of, sound, kind of sounds kind of superficial, but you might want to pick a trainer that looks kind of how you might want to look. If you're not interested in looking like the guys who are on the fitness shows with yeah. the huge, big, bulky muscles, you may consider picking a different trainer yeah. that looks maybe more like what you want to look like. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Yeah. I, I used to work in a gym. Uh, well, they're going to live by their like, philosophy, right? Exactly. They're going to they're going to do what they're what they're, they're preaching preach to you what yeah. they're doing themselves. Yeah, so. that's a good point. That's a good take home. Uh, I think you know uh, people look at a personal trainer like, oh man, that's like that's expensive. Uh, but what I would say is you're, unless this is just the person you are, you're not going to use that personal trainer for more than a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it is a great way to learn the gym, learn the movements, get a plan. Yeah, get Um, comfortable with the environment. Like, yeah. Uh, if you don't want somebody telling you what to do, (laughs) then I, I go with what you're saying. Like, Hey, uh, my biggest statement is don't make this intimidating. Mm-hmm. Uh, do if 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 something seems intimidating, you're just not going to do it. Right. Uh, so you know whether it's you know forty dollars worth of resistance bands on Amazon. I mean, there's a bevy of options. Oh yeah. Um, you can do it in your home. It doesn't care. Nobody cares how goofy you look. That's right. I you mean, I do look some up some YouTube videos. Yeah, I do some goofy stuff with bands. Like I'm pretty. If somebody <laughs> walked into my garage and looked at me, I'd be like, "What are you stretching? Like, hey, I'm feeling good. It feels good. <laughs> I am stretching. Yeah, yeah, don't ask." Um, so don't, you know, I think the big thing is don't make it intimidating for personal trainers, intimidating. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the money you spend in that two to four week relationship with a personal trainer is well worth it. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And, and it's, I think it's good too, if you're starting at a new gym, new gyms always have different equipment or different, like whatever, get a personal trainer for a couple of weeks, have them walk you through it. If, especially if you're not comfortable, I mean, are you for her? I am not for okay. Hire. All right. Nope. So can't <laughs> you guys, plug your business. You guys can come to my. Uh, you can come to my personal home gym where I have a fake Peloton and some resistance bands and some hand weights, <laughs> and children to run around. Yeah, for sure. You have an audience. That's all right. I have an audience. Yeah. Yeah. Mom, they mom, do some funny mom, things mom. with my bands. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just be, uh, man. It was uh, a friend of mine just had back surgery. Um, ruptured disc. You know, had to have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's this workout system uh i'm gonna butcher it it's on my phone i'm gonna look at it while we're going through this um but there's this workout system that it's all about deep breathing and really using your abdominal musculature to release the spinal column Mm -hmm. uh to and you know there's all kinds of research on it but most of the things you're doing while you're doing these deep breathing exercises is posing like a baby (laughs) so like it has all these baby like how they sit on the ground how they crawl how they Hmm how they army crawl and like you're doing this stuff with and it it's this system that like really lengthens your spine and relieves all this pressure and now i've plugged it and i don't know the name of it so i'm looking <laughs> you talk 
Well, um, there's all, I think you, you mentioned breathing. Breathing's a huge part too of uh, not only building muscle, but uh, maintaining healthy muscle. Um, it's, a, it's a big part of your exercise program. Burning fat. Yeah, yeah. Burning fat, exactly. So if you, are, uh, if you are hiring a trainer, I would hope that they would also be talking to you about breathing. Um, you know, not just teaching you how to use machines, but they're also teaching you how to breathe through those exercises because I do think that you can have very good intentions, do a workout that you think is really good, but if you really didn't pay attention to your breathing, you you didn't waste your time, but mm -hmm. you didn't, you know, maximize it either. Yeah. That's yeah, so we we should we'll do another whole whole other podcast on breathing. On breathing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that that trip I went to Hawaii, uh, I, I went to this gym and the guy would not let me leave the gym without laying on the floor, doing deep breathing and calming down. Hmm. He's like, so many people go to the gym, get stressed out and then get in the car and, and get further stressed thing. out yeah, yeah. and get some coffee. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and like, it was like, he was militant about it. Like lay on the ground, <laughs> do two minutes of breath work. I need your heart rate at 70 before you leave here. So when I got home, I practiced that for about a year and it works really good. Mm -hmm. uh, then just like any other habit, you stop doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so right. we're not, we're not perfect here. Nope, so, that's right. Uh, so DNS workout system is that back, uh, crawl around like a baby and do some breath work. Interesting. Workout. Okay. Well, he'll have to keep us updated. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. Well, she's doing, she's doing good so far. Oh, she's sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, did we cover it all? I think we did. So take homes, yeah, takeaways. Uh, don't do chronic cardio. Mm -hmm. Don't stack cardio workouts mm -hmm. unless you're on some training mission. You know that's really specific and mm -hmm. planned out. Uh, pay attention to your muscle mass, mm -hmm. uh, which leads to a whole other conversation of protein goals and timing, which we won't cover here. Yep. Um, any any other take homes? Um, and variety in your exercise too. Once you get to that point where you are, you know, you're doing it multiple times a week, you've got a good routine in there, get variety. Yeah. Oh, and then also recognizing that your body, your metabolics change as you get active. You adapt. So what works in the first two weeks is not going to work at month three. That's right. Right. So change okay. it up. Change it up. All right. That's All right. a take home. Change it up. <laughs> That's right. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>